What is going on, Miami Dolphin fans? Hey, welcome back to another year of Fins in the Sea. This is Jeremiah Hensley, Jay Frog, your favorite amphibian swimming in a sea of dolphins, coming back to join you. Um, man, this year, um, you know, I, I'm not going to look at so much a week one preview. I want to kind of give a summary of, of where I've been throughout this Dolphins offseason and kind of why we are where we are now. Uh, I was joking around today with our fearless leader, Isaac Edelman over at flteams.com, that, that I've avoided talking about the Miami Dolphins during this offseason because um, it, it's nervous, man. This, this is a season where more than anything, I am trying to um, contain my expectations. And uh, I say I'm going to do it every year, but inevitably I fail. And this year I think I really have. I mean, look, I've stayed surface level paying attention to what Miami's done. It's hard not to. I mean, even the most casual football fan knows what the Miami Dolphins have done during this offseason, whether it be the debacle of Brian Flores um, or, you know, the the Mike McDaniel hiring behind that, then the, the Tyreek trade and everything about Tua. And so it, it's been a lot of Miami Dolphins this offseason. And then, of course, turning around and the tampering. And, you know, it, it's just been one after the other. But, you know, for those of us who have been around and have been Dolphins fans for a long time and um, we went through season after season, you know, it's it can be a cruel, cruel world sometimes in that, you know, Miami will make some splashes here and there, just enough to get your hopes up and get you going in one direction, only to inevitably just completely pull the rug out from under you. I mean, any of you guys who followed the saga of me last year, it's laughable. By midseason, I'm looking for another team, and I'm ready to give up on all my fandom. And then a huge turnaround comes, and we ride a nice winning streak only to get right back to the doorstep to be let down again. So, um, you know, look, let, let's give a synopsis. I gave you a little bit of a rundown, but here's the thing. Um, we knew when this entire tank for Tua or whatever you want to call it began um, almost four years ago, what the expectation was going to be, right? This was uh, gutted out all of the old, brought in probably the youngest team in the NFL at the time. Um, and those, you know, Flores's first year just getting embarrassed and, and just beat um, to every end. And then, you know, you come back, you, you make the move um, to a slides to you in the draft. Whether you like it or you didn't, we won't get into it again. Here's the deal. Tua Tagovailoa is, uh, you know, he, he's we're going to see what he is. I, I, I think the guy gets an unfair rap. I think it's, it's unfortunate um, that you sometimes come out and you get buried in a draft class of quarterbacks that go on to do something completely special. Um, and, you know, the, the comparison so far, just completely unrealistic. Everybody wants somebody to be the next or this or that, but, but they're just not. I mean, um, Tua is what he, we always thought he was. Um, he's a very accurate passer. Uh, he seems to manage the game well. And, you know, he's not a guy who's got a cannon. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to throw the ball 70 yards down the field. Um, you know, he's not Mahomes. 
So it, it's funny. I was listening to something before that said, like, you know, whether Tua likes it or not, he's already under media scrutiny. But then you, you take him as a guy who is drafted in the same draft as Justin Herbert. Um, and then the big offseason trade brings over the receiver who's, you know, made his NFL career coming from Patrick Mahomes. So it's and you're in the same division as Josh Allen. So you're surrounded by quarterbacks who are constantly you're going to get compared to Um, how you handle that or what you do with it is, you know, ultimately what's going to to dictate who you are as a player, who you are as a leader. Uh, A couple of things that I think are very telling, though, is that this offseason has been the first time that there's been a concerted effort to truly build an offense around what Tua does well. Uh, If you look back at the teams that we surrounded him with before, it just wasn't the case. And, you know, so when it gets down to talent on the offensive end, um, if you're Tua, you've bided your time, you can't ask for anything better than this opportunity because that's what you have right now. They went out and surrounded you with talent, um, not just in the playmakers, but almost more importantly in the front end. Um, the upgrades to the offensive line will be all the difference this year. Um, adding a pro bowler in Teron Armstead, Connor Williams sliding into the center, um, allowing Liam Eikenberg, Robert Hunt, and Austin Jackson, all guys, again, who were top draft choices. Um, these guys weren't, uh, you know, unknowns coming out of college. These are guys who had skills and, and were drafted, you know, to be this, this next stalwart that goes along with it. But the offensive line is so important to have that guidance, that leadership, those people who have been there before to help bring you along. And, and I think that's what Teron Armstead and Connor Williams both do. Uh, it's a huge upgrade. And, um, you know, so you, you get the line in order. This is going to allow for a lot more things on the offensive end. You've constructed an offense that is designed for this quarterback. And, you know, I'll be the first to tell you when Mike McDaniel took the job and one of the first videos they showed was him on the plane uh, flying to Miami and having a conversation with Tua, telling him how much he believed in him. He did everything else. It just looked like a huge PR stunt. I didn't know what to make of Mike McDaniel. Still not sure I know what to make of Mike McDaniel, but I'm interested. Um, But from everything that I've seen, there's been a true commitment that said, hey, you know, this is our guy. We can win with him. And here's how we're going to do that. And, you know, from everything else that's been flushed out in this whole Flores nonsense, it kind of thinks that, or it, it leads one to believe that, that Flores never felt that about Tua. Um, he never felt like he was the guy. He never felt like he was the, the one that was going to lead you there. He was looking for every other outer ability around that. And it showed. Um, there was no confidence in Tua. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of times he was left unfairly to take the blame or, um, you know, for struggles or whatever it may be. Hey, I've been hard on Tua. Um, And, you know, but I I see this team actually came in and they did that. And when we go back to start looking at how the team is constructed, you know, what do you do? Look, San Francisco, they won playoff games, made runs with Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, Garoppolo is not a top five, not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But what they did is they found playmakers around him and they found a way to make um, to make him serviceable or to play to his strengths. So when I look at this Miami Dolphins team now, um, you know, when I look at where we line up, it's basically a track team. You know, you're basically lined up with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, probably two of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. 
And, you know, of course, that means a couple of different things. That means that they can take the top off of it at any time. But more importantly than that, it also means that it's going to loosen everything up. Last year, yeah, Waddle was fast. You had to respect it, but you didn't have to respect the fact that you, the offensive line wasn't going to be able to hold up long enough for a five-step drop. Um, one of the main reasons that the Dolphins stayed in an RPO offense last year was to get rid of the ball quickly, to get reads and get it out. Um, you know, we stayed committed to the run, running the ball on almost 40% of, of the offensive plays last year, even though we never did it successfully. Um, so, you know, we were kind of stuck in this constantly spinning our wheels in mud, trying to get something out of the offense and, you know, just plodding along. Meanwhile, the defense stepped up and is what took us on the long run uh, uh, near the end of the season, kept us in contention for the playoffs. And I think more importantly, what's pretty awesome about this is I don't have to talk about the defense. Not right now. Let's see what they are. Um, first four games are a little bit worrying just because, um, you know, we're going to be down um, Byron Jones, and that does hurt. Uh, everything leading up to the beginning of the season was saying that, you know, the ankle surgery went well. He should be good to go. Uh, but now he's he's on the pup. We're going to be down for four games. And those first four games for the Miami Dolphins, man, uh, we're going to kind of get a feel for who we are. Um, you know, Patriots coming to town week one. Week two, going to Baltimore, which, by the way, will be uh, my first time taking my son to a Miami Dolphins football game. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so week two is going to be a big one for me. Stick stick through. I'm going to do some good stuff with FL teams for that as well. And then uh, coming back week three, the Bills come to town. And then week four, we go to Cincy. So, you know, you're going to answer questions right away in a very stacked and loaded AFC about kind of where you are. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent as well that, you know, uh, we saw it last year. This season is played in quarters just like the football game. Um, so, you know, it's how you get started off. If we come out of that, um, you know, I think realistically that's an easy two and two. If we come out of that three and one, then I think people are talking. I'm not sure which one of that that third one would be. Uh, the Patriots in Baltimore don't, don't worry me so much. Um, but then again, who knows? This is, this is what I'm trying to avoid from what I first said. I don't want to have expectations. Um, here's what I'll tell you. I'll tell you that our offensive line got way better. Um, and I'll tell you that the offensive pieces are in place to be successful in what Tua does. Um, you've got guys like Waddle and Tyreek who can take a 10-yard slant and take it 80. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's all nice and well to see them travel 55, 60 yards in the air. And I'm sure we'll see some of those as well, but I'll, I'll take just as much a ball going 15 in the air and, and getting plucked out and taking 80 the other way. Right. Um, I I'm okay with that. So it's funny that Tua was absolutely way down on the list last year in average yards per attempt. Um, so that a lot has to do with, again, the RPO offense and who we're running. However, Tua was the most accurate quarterback in the NFL on balls that were thrown 25 yards downfield or more. That'll get overlooked, but I'll repeat it for you who don't know, the most accurate quarterback on balls thrown 25 yards down the field or more last year was Tua. So, you know, it didn't happen often. But more often than not, when it happened, again, these were completions. 
This is what he was kind of known as from the beginning, is a guy who can methodically lead a, an offense that makes good, quick reads. The preseason says anything. It says that this team is set up to be able to do this. You know, you're talking about this year with Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and then the number three receiver, which hardly anybody's even been talking about, way under the radar, is Cedric Wilson. And when you look at Cedric Wilson, who was our number three receiver coming into the, the to the beginning of the year last year? Was that Preston Williams? Like, there, there's a big step up, all right? And when your number one was, you know, probably Devontae Parker at the time, right? Because we didn't know what we had in Waddle. So now you're talking about replacing Devontae Parker and Preston Williams with Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson. That is an immediate upgrade. The only thing that sounded serviceable or looked like it could be salvageable as a playmaker on the offensive end was Mike Gusecki. And locking Gusecki up and bringing him back is another big piece. A lot was made out of, you know, keeping five tight ends and only five receivers. If you watch again, I think you're going to see a lot of time this year Gusecki gets split out. We've seen it some in the preseason, but he's not going to be your traditional inline tight end. That's not where he's going to be most effective. So I'm really kind of curious to see how he gets utilized in this offense. And um, then you go back to talking about running the ball when we couldn't do it before. When you look at last year's running back room compared to where we are this year, it is head and shoulders. It's completely different. We're talking about this year rolling out Chase Edmonds, rolling out Raheem Mostert, and then Miles Gaskin being your three. Okay. Miles Gaskin, I like him, man. He's a hard worker. He catches the ball well. Seems like a great team guy. But Gaskin is is not a guy who is going to single-handedly lead a rushing attack. And you know what? A lot of people might say Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert aren't that either. And that's fine. Because we don't need them to be. What we know about Mike McDaniel, if you know anything or you followed his career, is he's a Shanahan guy. He's followed Shanahan everywhere Shanahan went. Run game coordinator, all of these things finding creative ways to run the ball. And every Shanahan offense that I can remember had two to three backs, uh, well, three to four sometimes, that were going to make an impact in a rotational way, each being played to their strengths and what they can do. Something that a lot of them had in common, though, is they could catch the ball and they could be effective in the passing game. We have that. I think Chase Edmonds is in a position where if he stays healthy, could really be a huge splash. We know Raheem Mostert is. That's just adding another track guy on the field. So, you know, from an offensive standpoint, they put together an offense with playmakers that are designed to do what Tua does well. You're going to see a lot of play action. In order to have play action, you got to run the ball. So we're going to be running the ball. You're going to see a lot of bootlegs. You're going to see Tua on the move. He's one of the most accurate passers when he's out of the pocket on the move. And, you know, you're going to see him be able to take the top off of it a couple times. And, and at the end of the day, man, you're going to see this grow, right? You're going to see this grow. As this team gets more comfortable with each other um, and as the offense starts coming together more and when we really see what it's going to look like, not just what we've seen roll out in the preseason, I think that's going to be very telling. The one thing that I think any Dolphins fan can tell you going into this season is this is by far the most support we have ever seen thrown behind Tua Tagovailoa. This is the this is the most uh, that we've seen any uh, of the teammates, of the coaches, of uh, you know everyone within the organization showing complete dedication to Tua, and um, I think that that's going to be telling. That's something that, you know, last year I think I may have even mentioned in my preseason how it was telling to me that Tua was not voted as a captain last year. Now, I don't know how Flores and his guys did it. Some just appoint them by coaches. Other do player vote. 
But this year, through a player vote and Mike McDaniel's regime bringing this in, hands down, top of the barrel, uh, the top of the heap, head and shoulders above everyone else, Tua was the highest gaining uh, vote getter to become a captain. When you see that, and then you see footage of these pregame or the uh, preseason games, and Tua's on the field an hour and a half, uh, two hours early, walking through the plays, going through mental reps, all this stuff that we heard wasn't him before, right? All the other times when we heard about how he's playing golf on the day he was going to be a backup quarterback that night, and that he was never the first one in the building or the last to leave. And now you look at it this year, and you're seeing that this is starting to come out. And it's one of those things that if, if those people show that kind of trust and belief in you, then maybe you see that as the opportunity to step up and keep going. So I've loved Tua's attitude through everything. Um, we're going to see. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be the majority of what this Dolphin season comes down to. Now, if we do throw this around to the other side, we're going to go back to defense. On the defense, Josh Boyer's back leading the defense. Uh, again, great debate in Dolphin uh, fandom land of who was calling the defense. Was it Flores? Was it Boyer? You know what? At the end of the day, whoever was there, they were all involved, and the talent remains the same. So when you look at this defense this year, um, you've got everybody returning. Everybody returning. And then you added um, Melvin Ingram, who's going to be coming in as a linebacker who's going to provide even more pass rush. Um, and then you've got another year of Jalen Phillips. Um, and you've got another year of Javon Holland. So these young playmakers that were on that defense that have another year of experience under their belt who are, are now getting even more familiar with this system that Boyer's got in place. And you still got lockdown corners. Right? When Byron Jones is back, you're going to have Xavier and Byron Jones, which allows you a lot of freedom when you can lock up on an island on the outside and you can literally just pin the ears back and go. Right, Ogba coming back was another great, great move. Jalen Phillips has really looked just even faster and more comfortable during the preseason. Um, the linebacking core has gotten better. And, you know, safety-wise, we can continue to see them grow. The one, you know, again, question mark starting out the first four weeks, we've been a little banged up. Um, so Byron Jones being down, um, Trill Williams, you know, missing some games, that's going to be rough. Nick Needham is a little questionable, um, who's been a great nickelback. So, you know, we're, we're going to see. And on the defensive end, I don't have that many questions. And, you know, the last thing that I'll wrap it up is we know that this is all phases of the game. Um, I hope you guys bear with me again. My, uh, my excitement, my energy level, I'm still trying to maintain until kickoff come Sunday. Because for once, I, I want to be able to just, just ride this Dolphins thing without the expectations, without the frustration, and appreciate what it is. Because, I mean, I, I think this does have a chance to be a pretty special ride. Um, and, you know, it, it would be fantastic and so uh i say all that in the sense too as we go back to special teams that'll be my last little touch on this special team we definitely got better at punter um and that's going to turn the field i think we also got more dynamic at uh the return game i mean we all loved jakeem grant when he was around and he could have given excitement here and there but when you're turning around now and returning kicks with mostert um you've got tyreek being able to to follow back on the punts um, we've got legitimate game changers there, but one of the biggest things that I think, and we saw it with the Cincinnati Bengals when they made their little run, is sometimes the unsung person that's going to come through all of this is your field goal kicker. 
And last year was, I'm not sure what the issue was one way or the other, but Jason Sanders wasn't Jason Sanders. Uh, And I think, again, when I look back on it, it's weird with hindsight because you can start to see things that if the leadership questions you, you question yourself. And there were so many times in games last year that I felt like these were absolutely kicks that Sanders could make. Um, but for whatever reason, we wouldn't even pull the trigger or bring him out. So it just looked like there wasn't a lot of confidence in Jason Sanders and what he was doing, and I think that bled over into his performance. Um, it was by far the most inconsistent season he's had as a Dolphins kicker. And now in the preseason, look, again, preseason, I know it means nothing, but they're rolling him out on 55. They're rolling him out easily 45-plus. And right now, Sanders has been money. He looks like the kicker who was here before that had that same confidence and that same ability. So, um, you know, those, those are sort of a, a quick overview or sort of an insight on, on what I'm looking at getting started. I want to stay um, humble right now. I want to stay level and, and have that hope that let's let this season progress and play out and uh, try not to overreact. We're in a culture of doing this, and, and I swear to you, as silent as I've stayed, you know, you, throughout everything that you'll see, um, social media-wise, anywhere else, man, the Dolphins fans are just eating each other. And it, it's still a knock all the way around. Um, it's a weird fan base. You know, I'm not a member of other fan bases, so I can't tell you how they are, but I know it's odd as a Dolphins fan to sit back and watch the infighting and and the the lack of belief and the picking apart and all of those things when really, man, sometimes you just want to see this, this blind and, and you're just going to pull for your team and, and let's see what happens. So seriously excited to get this year going. Um, and for all you guys and girls out there who followed through as well throughout the season, we're going to have a lot of really cool things going on. We're going to do some more behind enemy lines that we finished up with last year, uh, you know, doing a little game breakdown week to week, not week one, of course. Um, we're going to do a Dolphins preview coming up. Uh, Isaac's got some nice people set up, lined up for us at FL Teams to get that rolling across. Hopefully still bringing back FL Teams live, our power ranking shows. Really, FL Teams is, is in a position where we really want to thank all those who support us and, and follow us and do what we do and we've got a lot of great content coming your way for the football season look we all know sports is sports we've got basketball baseball football hockey all that other good stuff but really there is no national pastime quite like the nfl and so we're all staring it down right now sitting here on monday so we're just what three days away from real football that matters and, and i think everybody's excited and ready to go um, for that, you know, I, I ramble through this. Hopefully this year as well, I'm going to try to do, uh, along with the Fins in the Sea, get a little more video content out. But um, definitely encourage all you guys, keep checking flteams.com for all your things, sports news, man. Check them out on all the social medias, TikTok, Facebook, um, you know, Twitter, everywhere else that you, you'll be able to find us. You can find me, Jeremiah, at pretty much uh, at jfrog817 on any and all your social medias across the board. Looking forward to spending another season of Dolphins football with you guys and really looking forward to riding this thing through with FL Teams. Uh, so looking forward to seeing you guys on the Dolphins preview as well as some FL Teams live. And, you know, for now, let's just uh, let's remain cautiously optimistic that this this could be a year that that things start to turn and and go back in another direction for this Miami Dolphins team. The pieces are all in place, and uh, you know hopefully this is the team 
This is the organization. This is the leadership group that can finally put all this together for us. So for flteams.com, this is Jeremiah Hensley with Fins in the Sea signing off for the pre-week one uh, Miami Dolphins preview. Thank you all for joining us. Look forward to spending some more time with you throughout the season. Thank you.